Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to The Dwell Podcast, everyone. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and today I am so excited about the verse that we are dwelling on for this month. It is from Romans 8.31, and it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Guys, it is so good. It is so, 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 so good. And I am super excited to introduce to you our special guest for this month of April, Christine Gordon. And this lady like wrote a Bible study. So she kind of wrote the book. She didn't write the book of Romans, but she wrote a Bible study. And uh, welcome, Christine. Thank you. So glad to be here. You actually go by Chris. So from now, I'm going to call you Chris. Yes. Is that okay? That's good. Because if you say Christine too many times, I think I'm in, in trouble. That's my, from my mother, if you say oh, it, I'll start yeah, to feel so this bad. this is like yeah. the old school Chris, like all growing up, you were Chris. That's right. I was Chris. And then, yes. And then I be, when we started writing, can I tell this story? Yeah, I became it. Christine because people thought I was a man when Hope and I started reading on the books. And I, yeah. for a variety of reasons, thought, no, no, no. They need to know this is two women writing about the Bible for them. I love it. So um, today we, we want to hear um, about you. I would love for our listeners just get to hear your story, who you are, uh, what your life is like, what are you about? I, yeah, I mean, I know that you wrote this book, this Bible study for women, and it is uh, at his feet, right? At his feet study. So we actually have written eight Bible studies and Romans was the first one that we ever did. And so we decided at some point along the way, we needed a name for what we were doing. So we became at his feet <laughs> studies because, um, you know, at the, foot, at, the, at the feet of rabbis, people used to sit and uh-huh. it was not usually women, but we are women who sit at the feet of Jesus learning his word. And so we decided we're at his feet studies. That's how that happened. I love Bible studies by women. And Christine actually went to um, the same seminary that my husband went to. So there's that, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know she is legit. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. So I'm excited to, to like, break down our verse and talk about it. But we're going to save that for our next two episodes. And in this episode, we just want to hear who you are. Who yeah. Are so uh, when I was thinking about this, I thought, okay, here's the paradigm is I – my question for the world pretty much since I was little was why, 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 why all the time. You know, when your kids are like three or four, if you have kids, that's yeah. it. You get to like three and they just sort of stay there for a couple of years. Why? Everything is why. And I, that was my question for years and years. Even people answered it. I still had more why questions. And I did grow up in the church. I had great Sunday school teachers. Um, we did not yeah. talk about God uh, outside of Sunday mornings, but I had faithful teachers. Uh, but it was always sort of this, I am analytical by nature. Um, I want to know the under, the under, the under, and what makes everything work and work together. And everything has to have a why. And so I remember asking my dad, even when I was, I was maybe 10, and we were packing for a trip, a vacation we were taking. And I remember saying to him, dad, is this why we do it all? Is this why you work so hard? Is this why we do all these things so that we can take these trips? I mean, I was looking for the why, like, what wow. is the goal uh, from little, little, you know, it, yeah. it was always like this um, heaviness in me. And so huh. anyway, 
I also struggled with depression since I was little. I've always been a melancholy kid. And, you know, when you're thinking about things like, why do we live on this earth when you're 10? <laughs> you know, you tend toward melancholy. So um, I, I, I was asking these questions. And um, God, I, I want to frame this whole thing like you talked about in terms of God being for us. Because I feel like even from the beginning, he was for me in that he laid this biblical foundation for me. Now, I... I didn't have any idea how all the stories went together or what it meant about Jesus or that there was one big, long story arc of the Bible. I didn't, none of that. I had none of that, but I had these stories, you know, I had these little vignettes of Jesus in my head mm-hmm. since I was really little with faithful Sunday school teachers. And, and I feel like that he laid this foundation for me of understanding though. I, I, I couldn't attach it to anything, but, mm-hmm. um, and then, so you know, life goes on. I don't remember much of middle school, as I hope most of my children do not, because it's middle school. <laughs> and then we block that out. Let's just, you know, move through that. And then, yeah, um, I went to high school, and we actually moved, and I ended up dating the boy next door, which sounds sweet, except that he was the quarterback of the high school team and football team. He was a couple years older than me. Um, and it was a bad situation. He was ab- he was verbally abusive, sexually abusive. It was just a bad overall relationship with a lot of damage done. And I, of course, was mm-hmm. looking for, at that age, who am I? What's important to me? Still asking these questions, why? Later in high school, developed an eating disorder, which, believe it or not, a lot of women who have some sort of abuse like that, it's linked that lots of them mm. end up with some sort of eating disorder Um, So went through all that and made sort of um, achievement my functional savior. It was, I was Mm. captain of the dance team and captain of the soccer team. And I was the homecoming queen for heaven's sake. A lot of good that does anybody in the world. So went on to college, still, still looking, 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 you know, grades became the thing that I thought were going to save me, still looking for a boy Mm -hmm. who's going to save me. And in fact, I got into this relationship with this boy, again, two years older, loved all these things I loved. And I thought, oh, maybe here it is. Maybe this is what's Mm going to, you know, maybe this is the answer to my why. And um, he ended up dating this other girl the same time as me. And of course, I was crushed. I mean, it was like, I thought this was the pinnacle. And again, I want to say... I think in that God was for me because I was, I was in pain and I was desperate and he had Mm -hmm. shown me in such a poignant and painful way that there wasn't anything that could answer that why for me, it wasn't a boy, it wasn't grades. It wasn't, you know, I had run things and been on top of things and they were so unsatisfactory to me. And, Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes when you think about God being for the, for us, I know I'm getting ahead, but we think in terms of all of of all these positive things like he gave me this and he gave me this and i think one of the biggest ways that i've seen in my life that he has been for me is that he has set me up to know my need for him it has been mm. obvious lots of times in depression in lots of pain and loss that mm. i think that he was setting me up to see my need for him and Part of what happened was I was friend, a friend of a friend started inviting me to this college group. And of course, I didn't go and I didn't go and I didn't go. And I, when I did go, I didn't like any of the people. They seemed clicky and weird. But this man in the front started talking about Jesus. And, and you know, I had heard the name of Jesus 
since I was little, but he talked about him in a way that was totally new to me. And I think the Holy Spirit was just waking me up. And when I realized, you know, then I spent the next probably nine months reading the Bible, asking questions, lots of questions. Of course, I'm asking the why. I was a chemistry major, if that tells you anything about like how analytical I was made. How does this all work? Yes, I need to know the thing under the thing. How do all the things go together? And what I realized in those nine months as I came to know the Lord was that mm. I what I wanted was not a why, but a who. I was looking mm. for a who. And I, I didn't mm. know it. And as I as he became real to me, I realized, oh, this is the this is what I've been longing for. It's a person and it's mm. an embrace and it's a it's a comfort and it, it's a it's not an idea or a, a paradigm, it's a person. And it was, it just revolutionized, you know, of course, when you go from death to life, everything is new. And I did, that was my sophomore year of college. And then, you know, after that, very soon after that, I spent time in inner city Philadelphia. I spent some time in Ukraine. I ended up spending a summer in Africa because it was like, everything has shifted. And all of a sudden the world was an open place, you know. And from there, I worked for a while trying to figure out now, now what would you have me do? You know, if, mm -hmm. if this is really all about you and I'm yours, what would you have me do? So this is kind of a funny story. I, while I was in Africa, I met a pastor who was, he was a reformed pastor. He, he was talking about God's sovereignty and suffering while I was in Africa and seeing for the first time, real, real poverty. And I literally left him a note before he went back to the States and said, I will follow you wherever you go. <laughs> Please tell me where you live. I want to go there. So, and he, uh, crazy man. Chris, Chris, that is hilarious. I know, right? He, he actually answered me. And he lived in Memphis, Tennessee, and he had a large staff. I had no idea of this man, you know, with a church of 50 people. I didn't care. I just needed more yeah. of what he was teaching. And so yeah. I moved to Memphis for 18 months after I graduated with my best friend and um, spent those 18 months working for a couple of different nonprofits and spending a lot of time, I had a, a great pastor, not that one, but someone on his staff who basically took me in and said, read this book, come back and talk to me. And it just fed me. And he finally said, his name was Bill. He's wonderful. Have you ever thought about seminary? And I said, oh, no, no, no. That's like this place where a bunch of old white men sit around and read things. And he said, no, it's, it's, actually, it's actually more like this. And I thought, uh -huh. oh, well, maybe, I don't know. So long story short, that church paid for me a woman no, to go to seminary, man. which I love yes. to tell that because people think, you know, I know there are lots of issues about women in the church, but this church paid, paid everything for me, paid mm. for my books. From there, I went, I went off to seminary and, um, again, God was for me and that when I went, I had this, this open, still sort of this open wound of, of, pain and hurt. I hadn't started going to counseling. And so I just sucked it in. I mean, it was like, I remember the first time I walked through the library, through the basement, and I I had a friend with me. I said, are you serious? All these books are about God? It was like uh, drinking from a fire hose, which most people will say <laughs> seminary is like that. Oh, it was so much like that. So anyway, seminary was uh, paradigm 
changing for me in lots and lots of ways, opened up doors, made me understand, you know, oh my goodness, you mean I can serve God in more than these seven legitimate Christian occupations? You mean I could be a doctor? Mm-hmm. I, could, I could be a painter? I could be a musician? I mean, that was mind-blowing. And then as I went on, I finished and I worked a couple, I did a couple different things. Um, I worked as a chaplain for a little bit in a hospital. And I actually had met my husband in seminary, though we didn't get married for a couple years after. And that was another place that I felt like God was for me and that I thought, you know, I had all this pain and hurt from abuse. And I honestly was sort of ready to fight any man who tried to show himself as a believer. I just, I was ready to undermine Mm. and say, yeah, I know this is what you say, but my experience is not going to be that. And you're going to treat me like every other man has. And so I'm just going to sit here and wait for it to happen. You know, and then I started dating Michael and it's, you know, he's a human like anybody else, but he really, I remember him being so confusing to me and that he, he wasn't trying to have sex with me. He was trying to be my friend and he would always engage my mind. And there again, it felt like this place where God, God had set me up for good and that he mm. was for me, that here is this man who happens to, he's very intelligent and happens to be really fast on his feet. So I would, you know, throw these darts of questions at him, not to try to trap him, but to to try to see, can you, can you stand up to my mind of questioning? Because this is who I am. I'm going to doubt. I'm going to question all the things. I, I took Greek and Hebrew because I didn't believe what people told me about the Bible. I had to read it for myself. That is the way I put together. I'm a oh, doubter. Chris. I'm a questioner. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, if you can't uh, stand up to this, we don't need to spend time together. And he just, yeah. you know, pay, he would answer my questions. He could, he, we would have these arguments that were not angry, that were just like these back and forth about, yeah. is God true? And what does his word say about this? And mm. I just, it just felt like this gift to me, you know. So uh, we got married in 2004. We were pregnant by the end of the year, which was not our plan. Um, (laughs) And there again, it felt like, you know, we thought, oh, we'll be married. Now he was 29. I was 28 when we got married. So it was, we were a little later than most people. We thought, oh, we'll have three or four years. Not so much. And it was this, again, it was this place where it felt like now I think, oh, that was God being kind, you know, and um, because now I'm 43 and I think about having babies later and it makes me tired. And also because we we were both, you know, arrogant people and uh, we had some issues with our children and still do, which are very difficult. And so it's been this humbling experience, again, of God setting us up to see our need for him. That's how mm. I have felt that he's been for me over and over and over. Mm. So mm. We, uh, we were here for 10 years in St. Louis. And then my husband took a job as an RUF campus minister. We went to Savannah for five years where I got to teach some there with art students who were fabulous and Lots mm. of people asking questions, lots of unbelievers loved that. Then we were in Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places, for three and a half years, where he was a head pastor. And then five, almost five years ago, we moved back here to St. Louis. And I have just been along for the ride, and God has given me these opportunities to teach and write, which I have, I can't believe I get to do it. I mean, who gets mm. to do this? You know, it's a huge privilege. So, yeah, that's. My, that's that's how we've gotten to today. Well, here you are. Here, here I am. Are. Yes, I'm <laughs> grateful. Oh, Chris, I love hearing your story, and I love thinking about it through the lens of God being for you. And 
every step of the way. Like he made you to be a why asker Mm -hmm. and he made you to be an intense questioner of all the things. Mm -hmm. And yet he has answered all of your questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that they were, they're all yes in Jesus. Yes. You know, and, and just the, like the beauty of um, seeing how he specifically has worked in your life. I just, I love hearing your story. A lot of it resonates with me Mm. just because I became a Christian when I was a sophomore in college. And it similarly took me, like I started reading the Bible when I was um, actually right when I graduated from high school, someone gave me a Bible Mm. and it took me that long Mm. just to like read it and question and read it. Like I was that same person. And there was a girl who, um, man, I just, I picked her brain and I challenged her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, why she was even kind to me, mm-hmm. I was not very nice to yeah. her. I just, I, like, I had this aggressive agenda yes. to, like, prove the Bible is not true. <laughs> yeah. And yet the more that she was kind and generous to me and the more that she gave me article and book mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. article again mm-hmm. and all the things, the more I was like, man, I think this is legit. So it, your story definitely resonates with me. I love it. And I'm excited because we get to take all of your big brain in your head <laughs> and let you kind of dissect this verse for us. And what does it mean that God is for us? And how do we know that God is for us? And what do we say about these things that God has done for us? You know, what shall we say? Because that's what this verse is talking yeah. about. What are we going to say about all these wonderful things that God has, has done for us? If he's for us, who can be against mm-hmm. us? So I am excited. I love hearing how that has played out in your life. And now I'm super excited to talk through in our next episode, uh, more specifically about our verse. And then in our third episode, we're going to talk a lot about how does this practically play out in our lives. So keep, keep on this journey with us, with Chris, and we are excited. And thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Coming back, coming back with you. All right, all right. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.